Cast and we have returning uh, our good friend Reno Taurus to talk about uh, Cenobessa's Bolgon. How's it going, man? Good, good. Glad to be here. Yeah, it's good to have you back. <clears throat> now, uh, before we get into it, I know that I've talked to a few of you guys, and like I, I know the tradition of Cenobessa's Bolgon. There's a is there another name for it? Yes, that was going to be my first thing. Um, so we were in the middle of a name change and a name change has been going on for about a year now. Um, and so uh, we are now uh, Montellon Bolgon. Um, so, you know, instead of the way of the Belgae, uh, just slightly changed it. Uh, but we're still online uh, on uh, our website is still Cenobesis Bolgon. So you may find it under either or. And abbreviations for that being SB or MB, know that they mean the same thing. Yeah, and uh, just because I have it written down, I'll, I'll be using SB quite a bit, just because Cenobesis Bolgon is kind of a mouthful. Yes, exactly. That's what we call it too, SB or MB. Yeah. Um, so how? And and I know that uh, SB is like one of the first Gaulish traditions. Uh, how long has it been around? Um, do you know? That's actually far before my time. I know that SB is old enough to um, be acknowledged in the back of ancient fire. So it was probably still during the, the heyday um, of uh, Galpol, you know, back when it first went on uh, the Discord and migrated from Tumblr. Um, I don't know quite how long. I think roughly, roughly probably the same as um, from what I've been told as uh, Vesos Nui Galassian, probably a couple weeks earlier than that, but that's the only thing that I've heard. So those two came out roughly the same time, um, give or take a few days here or there. And so as far as I know, those were also some of the earlier like distinct traditions. So it's up there. It's a little long yeah. tooth comparative. It's, it's definitely earlier than uh, BNG because uh, I, I just remember when, when we came out with BNG, uh, we, we made the mistake of saying that we're the first Gaulish tradition. We're completely forgetting that uh, Cenobis' Bolgon was still around. Um, <laughs> well, I'm, yeah, that was, I, yeah, that was a big fiasco. That was, a, that was a big whoopsie on our part. But uh, I know uh, Silga Weiros is uh, the, the founder. Did he found it by himself? Or, no, uh, no, 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 no. Yeah, I didn't. I was about to um actually you there. Uh, yeah, Cenobis um, founded it along with... Uh, run and uh they both put in a huge amount of work and i'm unsure exactly how those two came together but i know that kasana and i'm sure anyone who's in uh, tutor galassian or uh, inform gallicum um is aware of kasana she's fantastic um especially if you have any sort of like linguistic questions uh just absolutely brilliant i mean she composes entire things entire devotional poems and literature in uh proto-germanic and west germanic and uh so i know the three of them got together very early on um and i would probably say that brun and selg are co-founders and kasana probably as well uh, so right, they, just, they really put a lot of work in there 
I just uh, I've just always known you know Silver Wheels to be associate you know like synonymous mm-hmm. almost with with SB that like I forgot I about think, I forgot about I think, that, I think that is very very common and it's funny because you know if you ask Selg one of the main things he says is I am not the boss of you like I am not in charge of you I just I had the idea you know I'm not you don't take orders from me and it's funny too because you know within the community uh sell you know dips out and dips back in and sometimes we don't see him or hear from him for a couple of weeks he's a bit like a like a wandering sage sometimes <laughs> so he'll be out he'll be back in and yeah. you know we'll have done something else and he's like oh that's neat i like what you guys have done and then you know we might not see him for a bit um he's very active on tiktok right now though and he does wonderfully well produced shorts i'm um, talking about uh you know gaulish cosmology in general and uh, on Twitter, you know, he's always taking on, um, shall I say, folks of a less savory character. Uh, you know, if Ooh, you're familiar, the, yeah, I don't want to. This is yeah, the, this is your podcast, so I don't want to. I don't want to name any of the non-nameables. No, with, you, with the with the new CEO of Twitter, um, I can oh, imagine he is plenty busy. On yeah, there. no, yeah, but he's always, you know, always picking fights with known focusts and miscreants and all that, and always taking them to task. And that's that's it's, never it's, changed. It's a joy to watch. It's a joy <laughs> to watch. It's especially, you know, we're in some other community. You're reading a blog somewhere, and it's just a screen cap of you know him tearing somebody apart, and you're like, hey, I know that guy. That's fun. <laughs> yeah, so, as long as I've known Selk, he's he's always been doing that. So that's something that's never going to change. But yeah, I'm I'm also like unhealthily on TikTok like a lot, and and that's like the yep. only way I I'm still in contact with him because he's I, I'm because not I'm not on Twitter anymore. It's the the account's still there, but like I don't go on it. So uh, yeah, so Solg and I will talk from time to time through through there. Um, yeah, that's funny though. Yeah, I, I could I could see him, especially since oh, yeah. it's just like the wild wild west over there now. It's oh just, yeah, well like I said I don't I don't do social media, so I, I have no idea but uh i see many many people sharing and whatever and you know you're in some completely unrelated part of the internet and he comes up as a recommendation you're like mm-hmm. uh, hey i know that guy <laughs> and i keep it to myself but it's it's fun to see and yeah, yeah but, but like i said he's he's far from the only one who uh, conceived or started the tradition and a lot of the very heavy lifting is done by brun and kasana and vidukus and a lot of the other contributors it's it's very much a group effort so that's pretty cool yeah and honestly the 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 fact that he kind of comes and goes is very much how i am with bng right now just like because uh with my personal life and i'm trying to you know focus more on the personal life and then like when i have time i, I reach out to other things so i'm I, i'm one of the three founders of bng but i'm, I'm very much kind of like a phantom just kind of in and out of the scene um that's how it goes sometimes everyone everyone needs uh, the wandering druid or vulva if you want to be germanic yeah. everyone needs the one who comes and goes and then brings new things every so often it's exactly part of every so, tradition it yeah yeah for real uh, what answer is that uh let's see um and i know that like uh there's quite like i, I always forget like how many people are are in sb what what about senebes's bolgon like appeals to people in in your well, opinion and then that's fun because I, I knew you were going to ask this question. So I, I asked everybody else and uh, the, the, a lot of what people got back is um, they really, really appreciate the nuance and uh, the diversity within the practice. And it's, it's really funny because within uh, 
the Bolgoi tradition, we have, I want to see more a structure that we all adhere to in terms of common themes and overlap. But just like the Belgae of old, you know, some of whom were uh, Gaulish tribes who had been uh, taken over by a Germanic elite, some of whom were, you know, literally 50-50 Gaulish, 50-50 Germanic, some of whom were Germanic people who changed languages and started speaking Gaulish and the other way around. And of all those varieties, you have tribes who worked closer or less close with Rome. So you really have three big ingredients bubbling in that pot together, uh, which is also why I think that Caesar, um, his uh, uh, Bello Gallico, he talks a lot about how the Belgae are, you know, distinct. And I think a lot of that is because of the huge variety in there. And that's oftentimes what people enjoy, despite the fact that a lot of our Praxises on a personal level look similar or at least have common themes throughout them. It's not like we have a set of gods and goddesses and, and ancestors, but we come together and we celebrate. So, um, one of the big ones we do is Magus Seniaka, which is a, a festival for uh, Hercules Magusanos. And, uh, you know, <laughs> Uh, even the very nature of Hercules Magusanos is is debated, and I say say debated, but it's mainly uh, Selg and I have slightly different opinions on him, um, but we both love him, and tons of every you know everybody else in there has slightly different take or a different role that Magusanos may play in their praxis, but we all come together and we celebrate him on that day, and we perform feats in a competition. And it's really, really cool because, you know, Magisanos is, is, first of all, a martial god, uh, but also very much a god of divine wisdom. He's an ancestor figure. And so there's tons of different ways you can approach it. This last Magiseniaka, I did uh, the traditional Swiss thing of Steistose, which is when you have a huge boulder and you hold it over your head and you run and you see how far you can throw it. And I threw uh, a hundred pound one and I managed to get just shy of seven feet. And, um, you know, my competition was uh, a musical piece composed on the lyre and someone who had done a, po a poem in an anagraphic uh, fashion. So you had all sorts of diversity and, uh, you know, via divination and stuff in the end, everything received a certain score and a certain tally. And uh, then we had a winner of the festival and the winner was declared and it was uh, really cool. So That's despite awesome. the fact that, you know, there's a huge diversity, there's a lot of the ingredients um, in the core that are the same. And that's what draws people towards uh, MB, that, that fluid understanding that cultures interacted and exchanged all throughout history. And oftentimes, and I say this, you know, because you're familiar too, you know, in heathen circles, you'll oftentimes run into those really stuffy recon types who are, you know, pantheon purists, which is a funny concept in itself. You know, they're just like, oh, only the heathen gods. And, you know, then they'll cite characters from uh, the Eddas who have Latin naming conventions and have absolutely no evidence for ever being heathen gods or they say oh well the heathen gods and, and then take you know Uller and Tyr and Njord and Freyr who are all you know worshipped in very different Scandinavian parts and kind of smush them together and present this as the only truth um, mm. and I think it, it ignores a lot of 
nuance. A lot of people that are stuffy and approach it with a sort of puritanism instead of saying, hey, I'm making my thing and here's the sources I draw from. And as Belge, you know, we're very open about that. We're like, we have scattered sources. Um, what we mainly draw from is a lot of the local gods and they may fit differently in everyone's practices. Right on. And it's, uh, it's funny you say that because what kind of doesn't bother me, but it also like, it, it, it makes me want to start like a dis- d- debate when you're talking about like a, the, the pantheon purists where they kind of like try to mush people together. When people like try to take um, Freya and Frigg and just smush them together, which seems to happen quite a bit. Mm-hmm. I, I, yeah, I, I like to look more at the nuance, like with what you guys do. Um, exactly. Yeah. Uh, and real quick, just real side note, because you're tell, you're talking about the, uh, I, I can't remember the name of it, but the uh, taking the boulder and pulling it over your head. Uh, stone pushing. Um, there is a, uh, a show on Discovery Plus. This guy goes around to different countries and like try He's a, he's an NFL, he's like an NFL uh, football player. But he goes around to other countries testing out their sports. He goes to Switzerland to do swinging. But there was one day he does uh, he does the Schweizerwasser. I, yep. I probably just butchered that. But he but yeah he does that. So but like he's a big guy, but there's like these two, these you know massive Swiss guys around him like and they have to throw boulders. Uh, so it's it's funny you say that because I just remember watching them the documentary. No, and I want to be perfectly transparent. It, it may a hundred pounds and. It's- seven feet may sound a lot um it's not um the current the current world record is held by uh, a minnesotan um but he's a minnesotan from a swiss colony there's actually mm. straight up a lot of swiss towns and cities in minnesota that still maintain traditions you know they do Salute, they do uh sorry let me let me rephrase that they do uh, the Wicker Man celebrations, they do the oh. New Year celebrations, they still do all of that. And a lot of them still speak Swiss German or, or French yeah. or, you know, any of the Swiss languages. And uh, that guy threw a 172 pound stone over 12 feet. So whew, I am nowhere near that. I would, <laughs> I would not even qualify for this actual sport in Switzerland. Um, but it was still the furthest and the heaviest I'd ever thrown. Um, that's awesome yeah i don't want to pretend like i'm oh. anywhere in the league of what these guys do oh for real like uh, i would love to do swinging but i i know there's there's probably some guys who are like half my size that would just like fold me over and immediately just like pin me down well, and that's the thing too you gotta, you gotta start that young i mean I, growing up in the village i knew kids who were gunning for you know the championship and they started at 11 12 you know and they were all mm-hmm. farmers big grippers Um, But if you do, if you ever do want to do something like that, I think that a lot of um, a lot of the lesser known European wrestling styles, um, like the Icelandic Glima and the um, there's there's some clubs that do a a more modern version of uh, Pancration that is going to be fairly close, close, just minus the striking, you know, or sumo. If you were ever interested and you found like an amateur sumo league that does like lower weight categories than an actual sumo club i'm sure that skill would be transferable <laughs> we'll get really good at bear hugging that's another one yeah uh, and, and we kind of touched on it already you, you mentioned one in particular and i i've noticed that uh you know 
uh, I can't remember his name. I'm sorry, I can't remember his name, but like uh, he's very similar to uh, Agnios, who seems to be more like a like an ancestor who kind of venerated. Oh yeah, yeah, to... yeah. That's what I just talked about, uh, Magusanos. Magusanos, yeah, Hercules yes. Magusanos, and it's fun because even he is, you know, hotly debated among academics. People are saying, well, you know, Magusanos was his own distinguished figure who then later blended with Hercules, and yeah. then you have to come people coming along and saying, yeah, but Magisanos is a Germanic um, word. And then you have people saying, no, it's, it's also a Celtic word. And, you know, what one of the current leading theories is that Magisanos um, is either uh, Celtic and means uh, young, old one. So it gives kind of an eternal father figure um, where there's also the, the idea uh, pioneered by Semek that says it's actually a... a a Germanic word with a Gaulish suffix, um, which hmm. might make sense because you know, we do know that the language has shifted and it was a very blended culture. And then you have you know the Hercules part tacked onto it. So just like Ogmios, he's very much uh, to us in our practice an ancestor figure uh, because Magusanos was the chief deity of the Batavians and the Batavians are a whole wonderful um, thing in their own right. And it's actually, I, I may have previously mentioned on my last appearance that I also dabble a lot in Alemanni stuff. Yeah. And a lot of that recon has come from Batavian stuff because they were also a mixed people like the Alemanni who had mm -hmm. close ties to Rome. And so the ingredients kind of sort of are similar. And to this day, the folklore from those two areas is very, very similar, even having some of the same characters performing similar actions um, such as, you know, the Sunbeam Fairies. Uh, th those are very, very present in Belgium as well as Switzerland. So yeah. to this it, day, you kind of see people cooking different stews with the same yeah. ingredients. And just real quick, I know like the, because I believe the name Alamani is, is essentially like the, like the gather, the, like the gathering of men or something. It's something yeah, it similar to it. All men and the two things that people think about is it means literally all men. So it's just just a bunch of dudes, just a big old sausage <laughs> fest, or it means all men, men who yeah. all came together. And it's it's fascinating too, because when you look at, you know, Alemanni grave goods, same as the Batavians, you actually find a lot of um, glass uh, bangles that uh, the women, or at least the people who are identified as women or fulfilled that role in society, um, but they would wear them on their wrists and they were buried with them. And when they dated these things, they actually were Gaulish artifacts. So hundreds of years old to the women wearing them. And they went into the grave with them. And so you're like, now at this point, that must have been important. Um, who can really say where they came from or the exact cultural ties? But that's another big thing um, yeah. in MB. Our signature thing is the donor. Uh, um, which directly translates to Donar's Club, but um, that was a name that was attributed to the artifact mostly due to that um, very, very nationalistic uh, German idea in the 1920s. Um, what they really are is that they are Hercules clubs, or they are very analogous to the Hercules clubs worn by the Roman army. Mm -hmm. um, it was very, very common for soldiers in their cult to wear uh, Hercules pendants and commonly they would be made of sheet metal that was just wrapped around and decorated. And, you know, it was the club of Hercules. You wore it with you protection, similar to how the Icelanders and the Norwegians did Thor's hammer, you know, almost a thousand years later. 
And um, this fashion trend also caught on within the uh, Batavians as well as the Alemanni. And so I'm actually wearing one right now that I'm now that I'm thinking about it. And uh, yeah, the ancestral ways to make them among the Batavians was uh, deer antler. So that's what this one is. And the Alemanni had, they had deer antler, but they were primarily made out of um, bone. Um, and uh, occasionally uh, bronze, copper, um, but mostly antler and bone. But again, these things, they're called Donar's Club just because Donar is inter interpretatio romana into Hercules. So the assumption was, oh, well, Germanic people are wearing these. So this must be for Germanic Hercules. And so it was called Donar's Toilet. In yeah. reality, you know, Hercules Magusanos is cult places are filled with these. The Batavians are wearing them everywhere. And you can draw your own conclusion from that. You know what that says about Magusanos and Donar and, and Hercules and Ogmios and what their respective relationships to it. But it does show a blending of cultures there as well. Like yeah, down to uh, the... the uh, I haven't written an article about them yet, but there's a... Uh, 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 a Swiss. I, I, I mean, I'm, I'm pretty sure it's Helvetian, but it, it could be, uh, you know, maybe Lepontic or I, I haven't done any of the research yet. What I did do though was I looked to his name, and uh, it's he sounds like maybe another type of like Herculean type figure because his, his name is his name essentially means uh, uh, broad chested, and uh, just speculation right is now. Is that a, is that Cutterix? No, that's uh, uh, Katurix is a, a lord of war, but uh, I that's, think his that's, name is... the, that's the Helvetian Pathatis. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, uh, but uh, I think his name is it's either Casonus or Caesivus. I cannot, uh... but yeah, but essentially his name means uh, broadchest, which I, when I did a I did a, a brief little like a quick little uh, like divinis, divination like a tarot card reading like that, and I kept getting uh, archer uh, symbolism, and I can I and I kind of clicked in my head that and this, like I said this is just speculation, but when you draw back a bow, you're you're exposing your chest and you're broadening it out. And that's so I think it, it, there because I Hercules like was that. also an archer. He was. Uh, he was. Yeah. And so I, I think you know, there how may far be a, back. How far back that symbolism goes is also, but that Grimm puts forth that, um, uh, you, you know, Donar or uh, Thunraz, yeah, the previous version was also an archer and that the original, original Germanic thunder god was a hurler of stones instead of any particular weapon, which lines up nicely with, um, mm. you know, Tyrannus is hurling his lightning bolts and you know, Finnish Uko, who's, who's a, an archer as well. Yeah, Uko. So I, that I, totally ties right into Hercules or you know any thunder. Yeah, um, it's it's just funny how like how that uh that, I don't want to say archetype, but like how that theme is is uh, very common. Yeah. How like there's always like a Herculean type figure. And um, I, I like that you touched on archetypes because I feel like you know along with um, artificial pantheon purists, that's another thing that I think is funny is is archetypes. Because many people are quick to dismiss similarities between divinities for fear of stepping into archetypalism. But what archetypalism really is, is, you know, um, all human beings have expressions within themselves and different cultures will manifest them differently. Um, and I think that's archetypalism. But if we just acknowledge the similarities between divinities... Um, all that really says is, you know, there are guys who are similar and you can take your own theological stance on whether that means 
we all interpret the same guy slightly differently. Or it can be like, um, if, are you a comic book fan? <laughs> yes, I am. Okay, well, it's, it's the same thing. Um, you can have, you know, uh, Marvel's Sentry and DC's Superman, and the, they embody the same thing, but they're not the same guys. But then alternatively, when you have, you know, dra- branching um, things like, you know, Odin and Wotan, which, or uh, Lug and Lugus, you know, I think that's probably closer to like, um, if you saw the new Spider-Man movie, that's probably closer to, you know, Andrew Garfield, Tobey Maguire, and Tom Holland. Like, yes, they're all Spider-Man. They're all different Spider-Men. And I think that's yeah. the same thing too, you know? And, and if, if, if someone says, hey, you know, what's your favorite Spider-Man story? You're not wrong for talking about something from, you know, the 60s or something from the Ultimates universe. That is also Spider-Man. It's just a different Spider-Man. And yeah. both of those, I think, you know, the diverging paths, the different versions of Spider-Man's, as well as the different superheroes who are just similar. Um, I think that that stays far away from archetypalism, but we're just very afraid to step into that. But comparative mythology, I feel, always validates both sides because it's like, hey, these guys have something similar. I'm getting hints of that, but I don't have that piece. If I take that piece and plug and play here, you see how it feels. You know, that 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 day away will let me know whether or not I should continue this or not. And again, yeah. you know, cultic practices can differ from tradition to tradition, even person to person. And that's a, that's exactly how I do my my reconstruction for the uh, the, the Alpine uh, you know, tribes, the, the, El, the Helvetii, the Lepati. Uh, that, that's, that's essentially what I do is I do comparative. And one way I one thing that I kind of do, because that that way, what you just said was honestly about the, about the uh, your version of, uh, of looking at archetypes uh, it's fantastic that, that that's a re- great way to look at it the way i the way i usually explain it is that like let's say i have a cousin and i have a really good friend that they have similar interests they have uh the, you know this they they like to do this they like to do that they they have they are very similar in a lot of ways but they are two separate different they are separate people and because because uh, a lot of people will try to like you know like we talked about before they just try to oh this guy's like this guy so they just try to mush them together and that's I I, I yeah. think that you just it just it gets rid of the nuance and I think nuance is key especially when when reconstruction but reconstructing hundred a hundred percent yeah and and you know recon and that's another thing that um, we talk about in MB a lot too is reconstruction as methodology but not the end all be all, you know, we don't identify ourselves as reconstructionist because that, that, that's living. If, uh, if anyone is listening, who's, you know, really into fitness and someone is like, Oh yeah, you know, uh, I'm a power lifter. They don't do anything else. Then that's great. They're a power lifter. But if you do other things, calling yourself a power lifter is, is, is inaccurate. You know, if you, if your goal is to be a well-rounded athlete, but you're only pursuing a particular sport, then you may be great at that particular sport, but you're not a great all-around athlete. Yeah, no, that's. I mean, it's like if you take a. I think the very, 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 very few people have actually been able to kind of jump around in different sports. I think uh, uh, I can't remember his name. Bo Jackson, I think, was one of the few people who could actually jump from sport to sport and excel. Whereas, like Michael Jordan, great at basketball, awful at baseball. <laughs> Give it a shot, though. He gave it a shot. <laughs> he gave it. A, he gave it a shot, and that's more than a lot of people. 
So uh, yep. I know we kind of we, we, we kind of covered a little bit, but uh, my next question was, what are some daywoy and the and the M, uh, MB tradition that really stand out or are more popular than most? And, and you've we've gone over. Uh, I already forgot his yeah, name. Some again. of them. And, what we've gone over, it, and it's it's perfectly fine. You don't need it. You know, you can also just call him Hercules Magusano. So like, cause like, or, you know, just Hercules. Um, cause like I said, you know, we all have slightly different takes on him. Um, and that, but he's probably one of the big ones. Is uh, and I, Hercules and I, Magusanos. I, real quick, I, I, it's funny. I keep forgetting his name because I'm pretty sure I made a carving for someone in MB of him because I'm pretty sure I I remember the name. I remember writing the name down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm pretty sure I'm. I'm pretty sure I carved him for someone. But yeah, I, I. But it's funny. I've I've made a quite. The probably, reason I probably Ricky because Ricky was in MB for a long period of time. Um, he no longer is. Um, he's doing something else now. Um, and it, what he's cooking up is just phenomenal. So if if you're ever talking to him again, just just privately, you should because in terms yeah. of localization, he's doing a brilliant thing. Um um regarding like texas german which is hmm. that's a whole nother rabbit hole that this podcast did not have time for but there is a distinct <laughs> german population in uh texas but they're actually prussian even though they're texas germans they come from prussian stock and so what he's doing is this really beautiful localized version of prussian with neighboring um germanic and gaulish influences and finnish influence and it's just so organic so real I and mean, yeah. it's decidedly a new localized tradition based in ancient sources he's doing something beautiful but he's right. safe to say he's no longer yeah. in mb but i knew i do know that he he got quite a few statues from you he did he he i think out of everyone i've carved for he put down a lot of money because he wanted a lot of a lot of idols oh yeah uh, he's he's got tons of them too yeah. and he right. still uses them to this day like they're oh, good all in his setup so they're cool to watch <laughs> i know i need to talk to i haven't talked to him in a while but the, the but yeah the reason i even i even wrote that question down is because i've made so many of these different uh dayway that are part of uh, the the bulgoy i just wanted uh because uh, we had magusanos and uh what are some others that like kind of like like stand well, out that's fun because we have a spreadsheet actually we compare oh. and contrast and so some gods um like you know hercules magusanos we do all worship. Um, we also have a, a shared ancestor figure, um, which is uh, which we claim mythical descent from, not literal, you know, bloodline, yeah. whatever. But mythical, traditional descent um, would be uh, Hercules Magusanos's partner, Keltina. Um, so that she's shared well among all of us. One, and we do find a lot of common themes. So the, the next few Dewey I'm listing are not universal but they're very, very common. A lot of us uh, worship uh, Reynas Pater and uh, Mother Moselle, which would be the Moselle River. Um, she mainly starts appearing uh, in more romantic era literature, but she is very much uh, an established uh, character. And we do know that she's you know, a, a very strong local Dewey. Um, a lot of us also worship some variation of the Gaulish Mercury. Um, which particular brand of Gaulish Mercury that is doesn't really matter to us. We come together and what we'll do is oftentimes uh, Bidukas, who, who more than often leads um, the rituals, you know, they will call out and then you, everyone will just go around calling out to one or multiple Gaulish Mercuries because um, we'll hail them all at the same time. 
Um, also, uh, the diakoroi, um, using that not in the literal term, but, you know, the alkoi, um, whatever variations thereof, I personally mm. um, venerate two alkoi from uh, Ration uh, folklore. Um, and I know that Selg and Brun have uh, reconned and uh, the, the received uh, names for the alkoi, which they use themselves. Um, so we, we venerate different alkoi as a group, but those are very common as well, um, as are the matrona, because those are incredibly variable there local too, but everyone has slightly different matrona as well, but we all have matrona and we come together and we'll worship them. Um, Camulus is another very, very popular guy. Uh, Intrabus as well. Uh, Aracura shows up from time to time. Um, so basically, if it's within the region of uh, Germania Inferior and some Germania Superior, then most likely there's someone there who uh, worships this god. But we're also drawing from outside sources, you know, anything from that general area, because a big tenant of MB is, you know, like we said, kind of a, a synchronicity in its nature. So, you know, you may find someone that also has, uh, you know, Jupiter Optimus Maximus in there. Um, I personally, I'm a huge uh, Mithras guy who had a lot of temples there in that area too. And theoretically, you know, if you wanted to be a super recon and like, oh, I only do the Belgae stuff, you know, you could extrapolate that there were statistically probably some Belgae who were adherents of Mithras, but that kind of justification is rather silly um, yeah. because they're compatible, you know, and ultimately, what you identify as in terms of your praxis and you can have multiple labels um you know there's no reason why someone can't attend a, a, a rodnaveri so slavic polytheism thing one day and then the next day they go and do a, a golpul thing you know just the yeah. joys of ancient religions you can keep them separate you can mash them and a lot of folks are very staunch on historical syncretism only which is strange because the reason historical syncretism existed was because these people met and exchanged ideas. And now what with the internet and us not having super established populations, that exchange is going to occur naturally. And mm -hmm. as a Swiss person, you know, I know you're looking into the folklore, you're going to see this. But Isis shows up a lot in Swiss folklore, like Egyptian Isis. You try and explain that away and come up with theoretical whatever is you know but we know that the helvetti um had a huge like isis urn with her in her egyptian form on there that was buried like 300 years before the fall of gaul and so you're like where'd that come from you know it's like i said you, you may find that. the odd floater in there and yeah. um we don't have distinct um holidays for everyone's individual god the ones that we celebrate together, but there's also no reason why someone can't invoke that god. You know, if we're doing something towards the war gods and someone has a particular affinity for, I, I don't know, uh, Norse Tyr, you know, if they hail Norse Tyr while everyone else is going around hailing uh, Camulus and Moltenus, no one's going to be shocked or appalled or weirded out at that, you know, because yeah. it's, you know, you, you are still a Belge, even if you have a couple gods from other practices because it's how you conduct yourself yeah and and you know me, me personally i like tears a tears a big uh deity in my not in my personal life so 
I mean, I, I, I'm not 100 percent, you know, golf ball. I, I do follow some of the Norse gods as well. Mainly Tear. <laughs> Tear's the big one. It's funny because yeah, like I said, I, I've got my foot in a couple of different doors, but Tear's the one that's like never been able to. Like I've tried, believe me, I've tried, and I've had there was who you know have been less responsible, just more distant. I mean, Uranus Potter and, and Mithras are two really, really important was in my practice and they're both beyond what I want to say you know like it when when you're trying to commune with Uranus Potter it's like the concept of the world river itself and it, it's quiet it's not the same and you know there, there have been some days where it's been like immediate um you know Tyrannus is one of those guys where it's just in my personal experience just my relationship is very direct and you can practically feel but then, you know, Tyr has been one of those guys back when I was, you know, just Norse, I tried. I tried a lot. There was no returns on the phone call. And I was like, oh, it just is that way sometimes. It's funny because that, that was me with, because uh, so many people like are, are in, you know, they they do their work with Thor. And Thor, Thor, I made uh, years and years and years ago, uh, I made a Thor joke on Discord. And it, act, it actually caused that the person who I told the joke to, their house got struck by lightning. So, uh, aside from, so, that, yeah. So, yeah, so Thor and I have kind of a like a eh relationship, but tear tears like uh, every time I've reached out to him for something, I've gotten a response back. Um, Anak Lamara, when I was uh, when I was re when I was doing the article on her and doing the divination, very responsive. Alpez, on the other hand, nothing. She like I I, I got this feeling like. I acknowledge you. I appreciate you're trying to reach out, but uh, uh, no, thank you. And it's just, and everyone, and every, yeah, and they, exactly, they do that. They, they, they attach to people they like, and then, but there are some that just, you know. And that's why the idea that you can't, you know, let's say if you are a gall pole because you approach the world in a gallish fashion, you don't need to use gallish in your praxis. If that's what connects you to the day, well, do it, man. That's awesome. But you don't need to speak Gaulish. What I've done recently is I've thrown out a lot of the language stuff and I've just replaced it with Swiss German because that's really the lens I'm approaching it through. And it's been very fun to find Swiss German versions of names for the gods because some of them are mentioned. Um, you know, there's uh, Arito was huge for the Helvetii, I assume, um, just because of regional iconography and all that. But there's a folklore character um, called a Bear Mother. That I'm translating now from Swiss German, called Bear Mother, and that's just her whole name. And she rears several human children who all go off to be like great heroes. And I'm like, that's great because there she is. So to me, that's just what I call her, Air Mother, right? Bear Mother. I have no illusions that it's not Arito, but uh, you know, that's for me not the name. But other people may find much more significance in using Arito. And you may also find you know, that there are dewas that you have a great relationship with and, and that changes. Like for me, um, I was very much aspiring towards Ogmios and, uh, you know, I was very, very closely praying. I had a whole athletic cultist to Ogmios. And then there was one big thing where I was like, man, I really need this to work. And it was a project at work. And I was like, there's no way the higher ups are going to go for this. And I prayed to Ogmios and, and I did it. And the project took off and we did it. And it was amazing. And then the line just went dead. So you're like, maybe that was the only reason. And that's it. That's where the relationship ends. 
yeah yeah i i absolutely I, they're like they're there to help us out but like there's only like a, a certain few that are going to have like the day-to-day -day relationship with us mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah absolutely um and I, we, we did, we've you've touched on it a little bit but uh are there uh any like special rituals or holidays that uh sbmb like kind of uh values i uh, like i know you know with bng we have you know, uh uh, he goes Nelos, but he goes by uh, Saturkos now. Uh, he's uh, been doing a lot of work with the Kalina calendar and doing like some crazy, crazy stuff, with it. like awesome stuff. Yeah, that's really cool. We actually um, don't observe the Kalina calendar. Uh, first of all, the Kalina calendar is very you know local, and we follow a lot of the uh, the two season model as laid out by uh, Segamaris. Uh, but also that we know from medieval authors was co was common among the Germanic people, and even in in folklore of Belgium and Switzerland, we find um, that you know that there are major festivals in the fall and the spring, and so we've arrived much more on a two season model. Mm. And the Caligny calendar um, for us, you know, because yes, we're we're you know we're Gallo Roman as well, you know, just like the Caligny calendar, but we've taken stuff a lot more from there's there's really two versions of holidays either we will directly lift um from a roman holiday um meaning that um you know if we have a day boy like apona um we're just going to celebrate Eponalia. um we're not going to celebrate her in a roman context we celebrate her in a gaulish context but yeah. we're going to use the same date and um, then we do have other more seasonal ones that are just, you know, the big quote unquote pagan festivals that seem to occur, you know, the spring, the fall, the summer, uh, the halfway through the winter, uh, the ending of the winter. Those are just big ones that seem to be present in all conditions uh, or traditions. And will oftentimes extol from local folklore as well. Mm -hmm. um, and yeah, and some of them, you know, like I said, they're just going to be straight lifted from roman festivals we know were celebrated in the area but we're going to celebrate them as a goal yeah so you know we we do uh lupercalia but it has nothing to do with the roman lupercalia which was uh you know mainly a state festival honoring romulus and remus mm. and uh, romulus and remus in mb itself don't play any role though they may play a role to someone in mb but in the tradition itself they're not really present. Yeah. Awesome. So yeah, but like I said, the big ones for us, Magasiniaka, that's going to be in, in the summer, uh, a little bit before the the midsummer. And yeah, what we do, that's a big competition. Um, we I've done Epinalia. Actually, did Epinalia through TG, um, and it was the first. If if anyone who's listening uh, isn't in TG. Um, we do uh, a full moon ritual every time. And this was actually what kicked off the idea of the full moon rituals was uh, about a year ago, I did an Epinalia ritual. And there was a lot of really great positive feedback and tons of people joined for exactly that reason um, because of the, the, the live rituals. And if you go to the YouTube, they have tons of rituals up there right now. You don't need to be a member of TG. You don't yeah. even need to know what TG is. But if you go to the TG YouTube, there's tons of rituals there and they're designed to pull up and follow along or just get inspiration and like i said you know that one was epinalia and we started that one and it's pretty pretty big for us we also like i said we have a matrona festival which is very very big for us as well awesome and a lot of them we're going to be celebrating for the first time this year so that's really interesting 
Awesome. And for anyone new that's listening, uh, TG is Tata Galation. Uh, if you just like try to sound it out and type it into YouTube, it'll typically pop up. But yeah, they, they have been posting their uh, their rituals on YouTube, and uh, it, it I, I've watched I watched one, and it was really really cool. I, re I really liked what they did. <clears throat> um, so uh, this next question. Uh, so the and and then Caesar touched on this a little bit. Like he he goes out of his way in his memoirs, talking about how the 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 Bolgoi are like these kind of like the warrior people. Like they have a very very big uh, uh, you know uh, warrior uh, like society warrior mindset. To my understanding, um, mm -hmm. uh, yeah, yeah, renowned for their warrior prowess. Um, like, does does that kind of translate into more of a modern context? I know you were talking about uh, athletic cultists, and because I I think I'm still in the 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 uh, MB uh, Discord channel, and I, I believe that's kind of where a lot of the like 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 the uh, there's kind of like a warrior kind of theme or flavor to uh, like the your guys is like virtues and uh yeah, oh, definitely like and we, we have uh, a very large like proportionate number of actual warriors within the tradition you know vets and uh people that uh just you know just got off an active duty tour but that's not everybody you know i myself yeah. I, i'm an athletic guy but i'm not a warrior in the traditional sense but that doesn't mean that you can't live the virtues of a warrior and you know, being honest being upright being fearless um a lot of it is never caving you know which ties back to cell fighting fascists on twitter <laughs> you know it's a lot of that is not backing down and that's the same thing with the athletic cultists and, and i feel we get a lot of pushback on that from people who who you know don't want to have physical exercise just because there's a lot of stigma attached to that as part of their day-to-day -day. they don't want to add a stress they don't want to think about something but really it, we don't have any any benchmarks you know there's no you must deadlift this much to be an mb there's a couple of real meatheads in there um you know there, there's there's ria who does she actually does a lot of the, the the planning for a lot of the uh the mb people so if you want a workout plan he'll get you one like that the guy's yeah. insane knowledge um but we also have you know a lot of other meatheads in there and i count myself among the meatheads um who just love to work out but what that means is it's just about improving yourself physically you know we also have members who are, who are limited in their physical ability and but they still strive to improve where they can improve and that's how we measure that it's part of that warrior you know never giving up never giving in thing you know we have yeah. members who may not be able to physically get up and go for a run or people who you know might have difficulty lifting heavy weight but what these people will do is you know they'll go on long walks um one of the members ordered a uh, a mace um you know like one of those fitness maces and they taught themselves oh, yeah. how to do enough to like get their arms going and they you know they feel stronger and they feel the improvement that way but they're not measuring how much more they can do you know like Ignos yeah. is another guy he's just brilliant but he does all sorts of physical stuff and a lot of martial arts stuff and, and you know like you could take me in a fight any day but that's not the point the point yeah. is that both of us are working hard and just going to be better than we were the day beforehand and that's what our athletic cultists 
means to us. It's a physical improving, but also a mental improving. You know, if you're just hitting the gym every day, but you don't read anything, then you're neglecting your cue. And it doesn't mean you have to sit down and crack open, you know, tome after tome of scholarly papers. It just means improving from where you're at. Yeah. And, uh, you know, being in the military myself, uh, I firsthand, and I was in the Marine Corps, so firsthand, there's, it's not just a whole brigade of Conan the Barbarians, Arnold Schwarzenegger's walking around. There's some, I mean, I, I was pushing the limit for a while and I, I actually got out um, mainly because like maybe uh, I think two years early uh, because of my weight. I had, I had a really, really struggling with my weight because I was dealing with a lot of personal stuff at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, but like, because, but because of my, uh, my dedication, my, my service, my attitude, the just how I carried myself every single day, even though, yeah, I was working on my weight, but I wasn't quite getting it. I still got out with an honorable dis a honorable discharge. Uh, uh, so it's, it's it, there's the, even like the military today, uh, it goes beyond just the physical stuff or just, mm-hmm. you know, being able to fight, be, having that mentality, just have the, the values and virtues in, in your head and carrying that with you every day in my mind qualifies you to be a warrior and that's 100 percent. it's uh it's, it's a gaulish podcast so i don't want to get too norse on you but there's that stands in the hava mall that's like you know a blind man um can still something i don't know this is a lame man can still ride a horse and it's like it's not about that it's about keep going forward and like you said even when you have immense personal things that are stopping you from, you know, doing all you want to do or being all you can be, that doesn't mean that you you quit entirely. And that's where we draw our athletic and our, our warrior cultist from. It's more adopting the useful things and values of a traditional warrior society. You don't have to be a pro-gun, pro-war yeah. person to benefit from that. Exactly. And actually, I'm very, you know, you know being overseas myself, I'm very anti that we we don't oh my god uh, yeah just yeah there's there's a lot you'll there's a lot of vets that think like you do too <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah um but I, I also brought that up because uh I, anyone that's a fan of the civilization games in um civilization six which is the current one there's a dlc where they added the gauls as a playable civilization and the gaul they chose and Bjorix of the belgoy and Bjorks was cool. Yeah. So <laughs> the the fact yeah, that he made it, it the fact that he made it over like uh Versinga Thorix, um I was impressed with that. Yeah, that's true. There there could have been quite a few different ones. But yeah, and I know uh we do have uh, a few people who give uh hero cultists uh to Ambiorix and also uh Crixus is a big hero that a lot of us have as well. You know, the general of Spartans, uh of Spartacus's uh rebellion. Um, we don't actually know, you know, where in Gaul he came from, but he embodies the warrior spirit. And so to a lot of people there, he's, he's very important. Oh, for real. And actually uh, in on TikTok, because every now and then I'll go into someone's live and, and chat a little bit. And like, especially like people who are like in the polytheistic, polytheistic or pagan communities. And I'll, a lot of times I have to explain what Gaul is. But uh, on, on occasion, on occasion, I'll run into someone who knows what Gaul is based on the show Spartacus because of uh, Crixus. 
man that the actor manny something or other man he's so good he did it he did a very good crisis yeah. and both the guys who did spartacus did a, a very good job as well yeah I, I need to watch that show i haven't watched it yet <clears throat> okay and then uh, i mean we, we kind of touched on a little tiny bit but uh I know something I, I used to do on the podcast was I, I try to end the show with a uh, uh, with a, a, a tradition from you know this uh, or a tradition a, a virtue from this tradition or that tradition um, and, and you've, I, you've done most of the MB virtues huh? those are those I, have been I, the ones you've done recently yeah yeah uh, I went on to your guys website and did that and those ones because normally like with the with the TG or BNG like the the virtues are kind of are you know they're 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 straightforward a lot there's a lot of commonalities between like even the uh, uh, saponia roti um, their virtues are, are you know they're similar but your guys was just like it, it was very unique um, so I'm kind of I'm kind of, but so yeah if anyone's that listen that's listened to the show before um, uh, like how. Because the the question I wrote down was uh, most cultural traditions have similar virtues, values, etc. What sets um, MB apart from the rest of and makes them unique? I, I, and then something I noticed a lot with your guys' virtues, it like kind of like how we were just talking about, there's it, it, there's almost like a a warrior mentality behind. Them. Mm-hmm. At least that's 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 something I noticed. Yeah, and it's very much um, too broadly qualify. I, I think a lot of the virtues are fighting against entropy and and chaos you know a lot of it is about self-improving and making strides in your life and for your immediate family and your friends and your fellow belge and then your fellow gall poles and you know the whole circles but a lot of it is fighting stagnation you know because there's oftentimes this figure that's thrown around that you know the a polytheist's half-life is five years they say that uh, you know after five years, uh, everyone's going to switch traditions or you know go back to whatever faith they were raised in or you know they're they're going to go back to Christianity or you know atheism or whatnot. There's just that five year shelf life, and it's an unfortunate but kind of true stereotype. And I think that's just because people are afraid of you know no longer having a support system because after five years you know, a lot of the handholding is done and you're, you're on your own a little bit. And, and as any golf pool will know, you're kind of thrown out on your own a lot sooner um, because oh, yeah. <laughs> of the lack of sources. And then you get into something, you know, as complex and nuanced as the Belge, where you have, you know, more sources to draw from. But if you're going to be one of those people that's hung up on doing it correctly, uh, you're going to get lost pretty quickly too. And I find that that's super helpful, you know, in yeah. fighting the entropy or the chaos internal and external. And I think a lot of ours are, the tenants are a lot more, I don't know, I want to say philosophically broad. Um, mm, that's they're a lot describe. more personal application. And I think they were, they were phrased that way purposefully because, you know, an athletic cultist might mean different things to people. Being a warrior might be different things, but you have an obligation to be a warrior in whatever capacity that, that takes, you know. Yeah, that, that makes a lot more sense. And it's actually funny you mentioned the the fight because I I've met a lot of people who do that like uh, it it is a it is a sad like truth how yeah after a few years you know so, you know uh, you know someone mm-hmm. they go from you know they go from heathenry over to you know uh, Hellenistic or, or the, uh, one thing I have not seen 
is someone going to Christianity, but I have seen people go from paganism to uh, like atheism or, or polytheism to atheism. Yeah. And, and but like that's one that's you know one point. So that one of the reasons I even you know <laughs> have the podcast is to kind of give information and resources out to people. And I and anyone that follows me on TikTok, I try to do it there too. But uh, I, I I often get distracted with you know making funny things on there because well that's needed as well. Humor is needed <laughs> yeah. as engagement. If I was so if I was that serious all the time, I would lose my mind. Right. I try not to be. <laughs> now I know I know Seg uh, alone could answer this but uh does mb participate in any form of activism or does it just kind of stay neutral on certain topics and i guess you know we're a hundred percent not neutral um you know i don't want to i don't want to proselytize or anything but um we have a very very um diverse community in regards to uh you know uh, where people live we have members from europe um, we have members from all over the U.S., Canada. Um, we're very, very diverse that way. We have a huge diversity in uh, uh, gender identities and, uh, you know, sexualities and even how we engage with those. Um, so I can distinctly say that we're all on similar pages when it comes to um, politically and uh, we will inform each other and talk about each other. But as a tradition, there is no um, group efforts towards specific causes, you know, um, but Cell will oftentimes, you know, say, hey, guys, you know, this is what's going on, let's do this, or Brun will bring something up and say, hey, yeah, this is currently going on, here's how you guys can help, we'll talk to each other, but it's not like we say, you know, we as and me are going to do this right now, that's not a place where uh, we're currently at, but I don't know what the future holds, uh, you know, like I said, you mentioned SR, I'm also a part of SR, and that's a lot more of the, the motto there, and I'd, I'd love to see you know, that uh, very gung-ho activism, be, be a part of everything. So I can't say that we won't do that eventually. I can just say that right now, we're a lot of people with similar uh, interests and uh, concerns, and we support each other individually through that. Um, but there's not a uh, considered group effort as an organization. I'll, I'll have to rephrase that for uh, future tradition episodes, because uh, that's, yeah, that's, that's, that's very that's a really good point to make is that like uh, a lot of people it with like it's BNG is the same way. Like every, every, almost everyone within it is an activist in some, in some shape, way, shape or form, but like be, uh, I'm just speaking out of personal experience. I haven't been on the discord in a while, but uh, BNG like hasn't collectively gone out and done and done anything like any kind of activism. As far as I'm aware, uh, I could probably, I could, be wrong but that but yeah with uh, sr and uh, a lot of these traditions there a lot of activism that comes out of them and that's something that i i absolutely love and like does like you know, all these traditions have like they're they're unique in their own and they're separate but like that's one thing that i think all of us can kind of come together on is that like uh, that there's a lot wrong that needs to be fixed and changed and uh and it's all for the greater good of the community of, of, of all mm -hmm. of us whether we're gallus polytheists or not you know, we're, we're trying to you know look look out for each other and, and you know make the the world a better place so we can you know continue to grow and, and thrive as gallus polytheists and as human beings yeah well that's not such an indistinguishable fact you know i'd, I'd argue it's probably hard to be a good gallus 
polytheist and, and a bad person. Yeah, that's a mm. combination that I think is is hard to gel. And that's probably just because, you know, what little we do have comparatively resource-wise um, to a lot of the other more popular polytheist traditions is the, the impression of the character that balls mm. have made. And as such, that's something that we, we continue to use as an identifier. You know, there is a lot of passion, even if there's not a lot of written sources or anything. It's actually, you know, it's interesting you say that because uh, a kind of, uh, I don't want to say their name because I don't want to promote them in any way, shape, or form, but there is a group, a, fake, a Facebook group, unfortunately, of Gauls polytheists who are all about, you know, oh, you have to be of, you know, a certain bloodline or DNA percentage to, to be a Gauls polytheist, to be a druid or whatever. And so, yeah, that's that's a good point. So, hilarious so so did like do irish druids just not exist to them or, or what's the deal with that uh, it's which countries I, are gaulish quote unquote come on uh, come fight me with that right like yeah, what Gaul, does that even mean uh, yeah. probably the same group of people that are like well gallo roman isn't really gaulish and you're like i mean that's the same as saying america you know a hundred years ago is less american than america today and that's just such a weird western you know academic way to neatly classify history and like, like if you went to a gaul you know during the cimbrian raids would you be like hey are you a gaul and then if you went to a gaul you know under posthumous's rule of gallia belgica when you said hey are you a gaul there's a high chance both of them would say no both would say yes or one yeah. would say yes one would say no but they're can guarantee which one is that it's yeah. well does it doesn't it, like does it completely invalidate like the the you know the the gaulish tribes that settled out in anatolia you know well they're, they're living you know what's now turkey so, uh, it's, well, and, it's and a, their and their cult shifted towards you know sabazios addison and 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 sybil yeah well of those are gaulish gods i mean not in origin no but that's the same thing. I mean, um, I was lucky enough because of my heathen experience, I was lucky enough to get to do um, the, the MB treatment on Wadanas. Um, uh, but we're, we're, we're taking uh, a different stance on it because there was a theory in the 70s that went out of fashion, but has now come back in full force and is in academia. Um, oftentimes the more pushed theory um, is that the origin of Wadanas is not, you know, he who is fury, like Adam of Bremen reports. Um, it is actually Wakanos, which would be from Vate. Um, and the idea is that, you know, whatever deity Wakanos was beforehand, he became synchronized and heavily influenced by Gaulish Druidic practices. And that is why you have Wadanas, who later on in the Norse pantheon becomes Odin. Like the only, the only reason Odin is the way he is, or in large part is the way he is, is because of Gaulish influence. And it would be absolutely strange to go around and claim it's, it's a purely Germanic conception. And that's yeah, the same thing. I mean, Epona is a Gaulish goddess, uh, but the Romans worshipped her as well. She made a huge impact there. Oh, and yeah. and a, a Roman, you know, a cultist, Deorum Romanum practitioner, a cultist is not less Roman for including that, you know, just like... <laughs> Like Mithras is an example. That's a Zoroastrian deity. 
Now the cult is entirely Roman and the mythology combines various different parts of Zoroastrianism with Roman savior cults. Uh, it's its own thing and a staunchly Roman deity. So, you know, Sybil and Attis as worshiped by Gauls would be Gaulish deities. And so even if you were like, someone focused on the Helvetti and you're like, I'm gonna slap Sabazios in there. I mean, you know, they, that's why that's why it's so hard when people get uber fixated on those little boxes. Yeah. But at the same point in time, you know, there is a there is a big difference between not using any recon methodology at all. You know, it's there's a big difference between mostly working off of instinct or mostly working off of historical sources. And honestly, I think you need a bit of both. You need to discern yeah. what's right for you more than anything else instead of what's objectively bullish you know it's how do i do gold yeah absolutely couldn't agree more well that's all the questions i have is there uh anything that uh son mrs bolgon mbsb uh is is doing that uh you want to like maybe plug in or something like that um we have a couple members that will be presenting on the next uh camaraton um for those mm. of you who don't know uh twitter glass does uh quarterly um sometimes quarterly, sometimes bi-yearly uh, big events. Uh, last time I had the uh, great honor of presenting on the rations. And, mm -hmm. uh, you know, we had folks um, present uh, various theories. Um, we had a very, very good in-depth um, explanation of the, uh, the Ruina system, which is one of the many uh, Leopontic uh, alphabetic systems for divination. And there are like three or four floating around there. Um, and they're all very, very different. So I, I just recommend you give them all a try and see, you know, which one you like the best or, you know, practice them all, be well-versed in all of them. But, mm -hmm. you know, we had that. And so we have quite a few members presenting on that coming up in the, uh, on the third. Um, this one's going to be pre-recorded. Um, you will also be um, seeing an Epinalia ritual from us. Um, and I'll bring that one on the 18th. Um, yeah, so I'll be doing that one on the 18th, also through Tudor Galastian. Again, you know, you can join um, the server and watch it from there if you're already in the server. If you don't want to bother with that, then you can just go on the YouTube. It'll be live streamed on the 18th, or you can just catch it later when we upload it. Um, uh, furthermore, yeah, you can find us on uh, Discord, our Discord server. Server is Kali Bolgon. That is C A L L I B O L O G O N, um, and that's our more public surfer uh, server. It uh, the Belgian forest is what it translates to. Um, it's a bit of a ghost town sometimes, so uh, activity comes and goes in bursts. Um, but we are there. That's how you can reach us if you have any questions or you just want to trowel through some of the stuff we discussed. And uh, of course, you can find us online at cenobesusbolgon.wordpress. Uh, um, that is uh, the wonderful uh, blog, and you can find a lot more stuff there. You can find a, a list of some of our major deities. Um, we talk about cosmic principles and how we interpret fate and, uh, you know, the different parts of the human soul or the various different souls that a human being has. We have sample ritual and we have example rituals that you can just wholesale adopt or alter for yourself. And uh, yeah, you, there's also a contact tab so you can get in contact with us there. And yeah, uh, for further research, I would uh, heavily recommend the YouTube channel Imperium Romanum. 
they are a group of Germans living in the, uh, the Rhine Basin uh, on the German side, and they're heavily focused in uh, reenactment and reconstruction of human um, life on the Rhine frontier. And they have a special episode about the Batavians, and you can gleam a lot from the relationship between Rome and you know, the border states like Rome and Gaul and Rome and later the Germanoi, and what that how complex and multi-layered that relationship was. So I heavily recommend you check them out as well if you're listening and you're curious about really any frontier. And you know, by that I mean along the Rhine, any of the frontier areas. Um, and Roman, Gaulish, Gallo-Roman, or Germanic. Check that out. It's really good stuff. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, the, the website, for sure, has got a lot of information. Um, and yeah, a lot of the, the, the articles that, you know, like Bruin and Selg have written, uh, amazing. Mm -hmm. This is like, just mm -hmm. absolutely amazing. Yeah, there's, right. there's a high bar when I had, when I wrote that article, and then, you know, they go down to the linguistics and the theories and the interpretations and the attestations and what everything could mean. You know, that was one of the most high pressure things I've ever had to write <laughs> just because of the sheer standard of things that the website yeah. has. It's, it's funny because I'm I'm still and I, like it's been over a year now. I'm still working on the uh, article about uh, Gaulish Giants, the uh, Karaoroi. And because there's so much on Giants, it's 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 so much to sift through. It's it's insane. Oh, well, you got to hop in the, the SR stuff. Giants are a big thing for them. Oh, okay. yeah, especially. Yeah, they do that a lot too. And now that uh, yeah, you just before the stream, you were telling me that you had a, a fairy tale book, and there's from yeah. Switzerland too, and there's just tons of giant stuff in there. Yeah. Tons of giant stuff. Wow. Yeah, so that's going to be a good one when it does come out. I'm excited to read it. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. For anyone, and, and this is definitely off topic for the podcast, but yeah, if you want to know Swiss mythology, fish that yeah, Swiss. Folklore and mythology. It's a good book right there. Yeah. Revenge of the Black Cat. Yeah. Well, and I'd argue it's not entirely off topic. Um, the common complaint we oftentimes hear is, you know, there's there's no Gaulish myths. Um, but there is a lot of folklore in Gaulish countries. And, mm -hmm. you know, it, it's pretty readily identifiable, you know, if the folklore is not Christian in origin, if it's not entirely Germanic, then you can clearly glean Gaulish themes and concepts and speaking of the Camaraton, I'm actually doing a presentation there on the third that will compare a Swiss legend um, with the uh, story from the Rig Veda, um, the battle of uh, Indra versus Durtra and um, the battle of the white bull of Uri against the dragon and what you see there is striking parallels to the point where you know and bulls, we know, have a huge association with Tyrannus. You know, they were sacrificed to him. Um, the Gundelstrup cauldron, which has a huge Tyrannus thing on it, also has an amazing inlay of a bull on the inside. And so he's heavily tied to that animal as a thunderer. And so, you know, just by knowing that folklore, you can heavily gleam what a myth might have looked like. So I would never dismiss folklore. Oh, absolutely. And it, like, you know, even especially, like I said, I'm writing this thing on giants and I, I've done it with uh, the Duzioi and the, uh, the, the Tatsova. Uh, it, it, the, the folklore is going to end up being like a huge like source to, to go through because you get because, yeah, even though there's so much time has gone by, you're still going to find those little nuggets, those little seeds of, of like of the, you know, the original source that are there. Mm hmm. 
that. Anyway, um, that is enough, or that is all for this episode. Thank you again, Renataris, well, thank for being you. here. Uh, this was a <laughs> this was an awesome episode, going in depth on uh, Cenobis's Bolgon, or uh, soon to be MB. Um, and yeah, I will. Uh, I'll, Any day now. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> um, I'll put all those links and and, and uh, all that information in the description of this episode. But um, thank you again, bud. And uh, yeah, thanks for having time. me. Yeah, okay. and you're you're welcome anytime, anytime. All right. Mm-hmm.